In the name of the triune God, amen. Today on this first Friday of the academic year, we begin a series each Friday focusing on the Lord's Prayer. And in each succeeding Friday, one of the petitions of this prayer will be considered. Today we begin with the introduction to the Lord's Prayer, Our Father. And so we focus on this theme of prayer and more specifically on petition, on making requests of God. And so an appropriate question for us to ask as we consider this theme is, why don't Christians pray faithfully? Why don't many of us pray in a faithful manner? Because this practice, this discipline of prayer, seems to be one that is widely neglected by Christians. I would guess that if I would interview you sometime today in private, and you would be honest, I would find that you are amidst many who fall under the category of feeling guilty about your prayer life or about your lack of prayer. Many of us fall fall under that broad category, almost universal category of Christians who just don't think that we do prayer the way we should, that we don't pray the way that we should. And so we make resolutions to pray more, more faithfully. We muster up our own commitment to do so, and for a short while, we succeed. But then, very shortly, we slip back into that neglect of prayer, and we feel more guilty than we ever did before. I think that perhaps the number one reason why we don't pray, at least on the surface, if we're honest with ourselves, is because we feel that there's really something better that we could do with our time. We really question whether it's all that efficient and effective to embark on some project by talking to God about it. Isn't it much more productive for us just to exert our own effort than to spend the time in prayer? An example, say it's Sunday morning and you are preaching at the early service that begins at 8 o'clock. You've arrived at the church at 7 o'clock, and you feel well prepared for your sermon. But you still have an hour to spend before the service begins. How do you spend it? One option would be to pray. Use that time in prayer, asking the Lord to bless your proclamation of the word and the hearing of that. Another option would be to run through your sermon a couple more times so that it's really polished even more. What do you choose? Well, if you're like me, oftentimes we choose the latter. And why? Because we think, well, this will be more effective, this will be more productive for the task that I have at hand, rather than prayer. And besides, to ask God to do something really doesn't make much sense in one regard. If he wants to do it, he'll do it. He'll do what is his will, won't he? So why do I have to ask? It just doesn't seem to be very effective time usage. In my opinion, 
The deepest reason, however, behind our lack of prayer has to do with faith. Because faith, uh, prayer is essentially an act of faith. The ancient church had a maxim. In Latin it says, lex orandi, lex credendi. And roughly translated, it goes, what you pray reflects what you believe. And I think that's very true. But I think that we could do a little twist on that translation. Not only what you pray reflects what you believe, but also that you pray reflects that you believe. And the fact that we oftentimes neglect prayer reflects something about our faith, doesn't it? A weakness of faith, a shallowness of faith, a poverty of faith. It shows our sin. Yes, prayer is essentially a matter of faith. And that's why in Luther's explanation to the introduction of the Lord's Prayer, he gets to the heart of the matter, faith. This is what he says. God would, by these words, tenderly invite us to what? To pray? To make requests of the Lord? Not first. He'll get there. But first of all, Luther says, God invites us to believe. Have faith. Luther recognizes that before someone can pray, they have to have faith. Faith in what? Faith that God is our true Father and we are his true children. Faith that the all-powerful, omnipotent creator of the universe looks down upon you with love and affection as his child. That kind of faith. Well, why believe that? Because God declares it is so. In his word, 2 Corinthians 6 verse 18, I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And in 1 John 3 verse 1, see what great love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called the children of God. And such we are. We can believe it because God declares it to be so. How so? On our own inherent worthiness and merit? Oh, no, no. Only for the sake of his begotten son, begotten from eternity, Jesus Christ. Galatians 4 verse 4 begins... In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem us who were under the law, so that we might have the adoption as his sons. And because you are sons, he has sent the spirit of his son into your heart, the spirit of sonship, the spirit which cries out, Abba, Father. God sent his son, the second person of the Trinity, to be incarnate in human flesh, to live under the law. And he kept God's law perfectly, including God's command to pray. And he took the curse of the law upon himself, the curse for breaking his commands, including the command to pray. 
our unfaithfulness, including our unfaithful prayer life, is pardoned through the blood of Christ. But not only that, he now imparts to us faith through his Spirit. The Spirit of his own Son, the Spirit of Sonship, that enables us to cry out to God, Abba, Father. He places faith in our hearts. He places the words of faith on our lips as he gives us the prayer, Our Father. And we pray because we know he is our Father, a loving Father, not like human fathers who are selfish and neglectful sometimes and even abusive. He's a perfect Father whom we can come to. And he delights to hear our prayer, he tenderly invites us to pray as dear children come to their dear father. My wife, last month, took a trip away for about four days to uh, see some good friends, and so I was left home with our two young boys. And in a sense, I was Mr. Mom. But in a sense, not. I very much retained those fatherly qualities and I very much behaved like a dad, at least this dad who likes to dote over his children. And so, during those four days, whenever my sons would ask me to do something, I said, good idea. They wanted to go swimming at the Clayton pool, we got in the van, let's go. They wanted to go to the library, we were there, story time. They wanted to go to the zoo, and I said yes, and we went and they asked to ride on the train, to ride on the carousel for treats. Sure, a much more expensive trip than when mom is around. <laughs> they asked for videos, we watched videos. They asked to read books, we read books. For supper, they asked for pizza, I made pizza. And afterwards, they asked for ice cream, I dished out the ice cream. And then my wife came home. And reality reappeared. She said something to me shortly after that, like, I have to deprogram these boys now. But you see, that's in my heart as a dad. When my boys, when my kids come and ask, I want to give to them. I delight in that. I invite them to ask. It's kind of like in the DNA of fathers, good fathers. Reminds me of that comedy routine that Bill Cosby had. Uh, as a father, his wife was sick, stayed in bed, so he was supposed to go down and fix breakfast for the kids. And so he went and muddled around in the kitchen, and the children came down, and they spied on the countertop chocolate cake. And they asked, Dad, can we have chocolate cake for breakfast? Cosby says that he thought about that, reasoned, well, what are the ingredients of chocolate cake? Flour, milk, eggs? That's breakfast food. Sure! And he sliced up the cake and delivered it to all of them. And then they sang his praises, the song, Dad is great, gives us chocolate cake. It's in the DNA of fathers. They delight to answer the requests of their children. Now, the analogy obviously breaks down. 
I can be an unwise, foolish, doting father and spoil my kids. That's not the way God is. Sometimes God says no to our requests for our good, for our benefit, according to his good and gracious will. But that's the kind of loving God we have. As Luther says here, he tenderly invites us to believe that he is our true father and we are his true children. And as we believe that, Luther says, there is a result. There's a final result clause here. So that we may with all boldness and confidence ask him as dear children ask their dear father. That's the result. As we in faith see God as our loving, gracious, merciful Father, we ask him, not timidly, not with hesitancy, but boldly and confidently we come before his throne of grace and ask. We pray. Recently, perhaps the one who has modeled prayer best for me in my life is my four-year-old son, Ethan. Every evening, we put the boys down to bed, and just before we do that, we have our prayers with them, and we ask them to pray. They pray out loud. And when Ethan prays, he prays and prays and prays and prays on and on and on. And he asks God seemingly about the most insignificant things, like that his skeeter bites will get better and that his Sunday school teacher will have a good day the next day, and that mom and dad will get good night sleep. Now that is a good prayer. (laughs) And that Mr. and Mrs. Gibbs' dog would get better from the sickness the dog has, and that that seed that he planted will grow up into a flower, and that the toy that was lost will be found, and that his little brother won't pester him so much. (laughs) On and on and on. And sometimes as I'm listening to this, I'm going, okay, come on, yeah, let's finish up. And my cynical nature sometimes assumes he's stalling. He just doesn't want to go to bed. But I know that's not really the case. He's genuine. Because he has a genuine faith. It's very clear that he knows God is his loving Heavenly Father. He knows God wants the best for him and that God hears his prayer. And so he asks and he asks and he asks. May we also have such faith, as Luther says, to believe that he is our true Father that we are his true children, so that with all boldness and confidence, we ask him as dear children ask their dear father.